Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Welcome to Their Very Best, the podcast where total amateurs make wild proclamations about the work of expert professional musicians, despite having no actual qualifications. I'm Waldron Faulkner. Cut this picture. And I'm Bill Noto. Thanks for joining us for wild, unsolicited opinions about Elliot Smith. Kill this history. So, Waljan, set the table. Okay, well, so I want to first acknowledge that um, our friend Sarah Jessen was originally slated to join us for this episode, and because of schedules, mm. couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm sorry about that, but we'll catch her again soon for a different episode. I was excited to hear her thoughts about Elliot Smith. And also, while I do love Elliot Smith... I wouldn't Mm. say that I'm particularly well prepared for this episode, Billy. So you're going to have to do Mm. all of the heavy lifting. I'm going to want to hear why you liked it. I'm going to want to hear information about the guitar tunings. I'm going to want information (laughs) about, you know, the state of mind of the artist when he recorded it. So I'm going to count on you for all of that. Jesus. Um... (laughs) a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's, pr- it's a lot of pressure. What do I say? We've both been listening to Elliot Smith for a couple weeks to prepare for this episode. True or false? Um, I'd say a couple of days. I mean, I, I, <laughs> it's not that I had not listened to Elliot Smith ever. It's that I didn't start like listening in prep for a couple of days because I've, I've been editing the stones down and other stuff yeah, going on. I understand. So. It's time consuming. It's work. This is the work we do to take care of our audience. <laughs> You're going to be the host here and I'll be the co-host sort of contributing. I'll try. I'll do my best. Let me, I'll do are, my you, best. are we going to do a three by three? Or are we going to each have a few songs? Well, I, I think it might be a two by four <laughs> eventually because <laughs> okay, or a two plus four. Because I have the feeling that you're gonna, like that I'll run out of songs that I really care about. Oh, that reminds me. I have to, I have to send an email right now. Oh, your predictions? What do you got? It's my predictions. I'm sending it to <laughs> contact at their very best, which is the email address that the very besties should use to contact us. Mm-hmm. I might as well send it to wrong at their very best.com because I bet they're <laughs> wrong. But you don't peek at them. Okay. I won't don't, look. Don't I, would, look. I would not think about it. I would not think about it. Okay, all of that is done, and it's time now for some music. Let's hear it. Okay. I'm going to go first for the song Miss Misery on XO. Good choice. Fake it through the day with some Johnny Walker Red. Is it on your list, Billy? Not on my list. But what's interesting is I've got a playlist of seven songs. Okay. And six of them are from XO. Wow. <laughs> So talk about your pick, Waldron. I can't I can't do your part for you. 
One of the things I like about this is that it changes its like viewpoint every so often. It changes vibe in the middle of the song. Men in the park read the lines. It might even be changing from major to minor for all I know, but it does a lot of sort of unexpected harmony, meaning, and we say harmony a lot, and I think that non-musicians, to them, that's like two people singing two different notes at the same time. But harmony just refers to the mm. all of the chord, like the chords that you would play. The chord progression, yeah. Yeah, and so harmony in this, in a lot of the Elliott Smith songs, seems surprising. You know, he sets up a, mm. the beginning of a cadence, and then instead of resolving to where that would normally be expected to resolve. He goes somewhere else. And usually there's a good, like, musical theory reason why it works so well. Hmm. My ears aren't quite what they were back when I was in school, where I could say, oh, he's resolving to the six major instead of the one major, and that's... Mm. And the reason that works is because of X or Y or Z. But I just like the chord progression here. Then the scene. The whole vibe seems to just change suddenly. You get um, a whole new feeling mm -hmm. every you know few bars. Mm. Uh, you know, one of the things about Elliot Smith is he was very depressed and yeah. all many of his songs are very reflective of that. Yeah. There's like that weird tension between the lyrics, which are often very sad. And the sound of the music, though, is not necessarily sad. In fact, sometimes it sounds like uh, not sad. And I, I think that's kind of part of what's working for him is yeah. that tension that gets created. It puts the sadness of the lyrics into stark relief, you know? Miss, misery, like you I should have made fun of you and called that one pick Pedestrian. It was nominated in the 1998 Academy Award for Best Original Song and on the soundtrack for Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. So that's kind of a, a hot take. But it's a great song. <laughs> Let's go to the next pick. The next pick is Angelis. Okay. I love his acoustic guitar playing. I mean, like, he's got... Look at the... It's like the filigree of the picking. He's got, like, the high part going, and there's also, like, the descending bass line thing going at the same time. Yeah. It's really good. Turn it up a little bit. Someone's always coming around here, trailing someone new kill. Says I've seen your picture on a hundred dollar bill. I think he's doubling it, and... You think that's multiple takes? He might be doing slightly different patterns and different takes, which would give it a very interesting sort of harmonic uh, moment. Yeah. Well, I almost feel like I should have picked the live one just so I could test that, see what it sounded like live. There are a lot of really good live Elliott Smith recordings. I actually had an opportunity to see him perform. Really? Yeah, in San Francisco. When? And it was... Was it one of those legendary disaster shows that he did? Yeah. Oh. 
that's kind of sad. It was sad. It was really sad. And I don't think it's much sadder in in hindsight, given that his life ended. Yeah. He had a hard time. He was clearly struggling. Put it that way. He was late and it was kind of a mess. I don't know. It's it, you can't really talk about him without talking about his mental illness struggles and depression yep. and how it comes out in his music. I mean, in a lot of it. Yeah. That's not really the thing I want to necessarily focus on, but I feel like you got to at least mention it, right? I agree that you got to mention it. I think it's a huge part of, of who he was as an artist. I mean, I can tell you that rarely have I been as motivated to create music as when I have been in I'm not sure I would call it depressive state, but, you know, emotional distress. Having some feels. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a it's a wonderful outlet. And I think that Elliot Smith speaks to, you know, depressives and non-depressives alike. I mean, these songs speak to you. I wonder when you're feeling down yourself, Billy, do you turn to the music that matches your mood or do you turn to music much like you might to a drug that would move your mood, you know? What's your, where do you go? Ooh, I love this question, and I don't know if I, I know the answer. <laughs> I don't think I have much experience being like, I feel this way, so I'm going to put music on that helps me feel that way. Yeah. You know, or like, will deepen my feeling of that. I don't think I do that. But that seems like something that one could do. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, already my predictions are false, Billy. <laughs> Delighted. <laughs> if I get one out of three in my predictions, then I'll feel okay about it. That's a, then that's, that's a win. All right, my next song is from the Elliott Smith eponymously titled album, and it's called Alphabet Town. Hmm. A little bit of, I'll call it harmonica. <laughs> That's harmonica for sure. Yeah. Alphabet City is haunted. That doesn't bother me. That's the Neil Young harmonica, not the Bob Dylan harmonica. I would say that this is not the Neil Young or... Bob Dylan harmonica. Those harmonicas really get to those squeaky reeds in the higher end, and this is not there at all. And the interval he's playing is like a fifth. It's restrained. <laughs> so I'll call it harmonica, but you know, not a, an annoying harmonica. Should we talk about the difference between harp and harmonica, Billy? Because mm, we've talked about it on the Galactic episode. People can refer back to episode two well, for that. We didn't talk about the difference. We just said, oh, that's a harp and not harmonica. And then that became like an inside joke. <laughs> and, and I don't know that we want to spend any time talking about it. But like <laughs> harmonica is what you think of. And then harp 
is like I think of somebody who has like a lot of command over like bending the harmonica notes, which is not something you can do really well when you're um, it's on a rack on your chest and in front of your mouth. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Really good players can um, can bend those notes inside the harp mm. with the using the umbrature of your mm. mouth to make it happen. And it's bluesy mm -hmm. and you've got your hands all over the thing. And instead of just sort of having it sit out there and you're blowing into it and sucking into right. it. Right. I guess you. It's much more performative that way. Yeah, I think so. And yeah. vastly preferred by me to have harp over harmonica. And it's, it's the same instrument. It's just, you know, a <laughs> distinction that we make when we talk about when we talk about it. What else do you like about Alphabet Town, Waldron Faulkner? Well, it has that same unexpected harmony moment where he's not setting up a cadence and then going somewhere unexpected. It's just like, you just, you just don't know what the next chord is going to be. You were talking about the guitar picking and maybe we can talk about that. He has a very strange guitar style sometimes. It's like a lot of downstrokes mm -hmm. and strange tunings and stuff that mm -hmm. you don't really expect and, and stuff that isn't the mm -hmm. same from measure to measure even though it, it kind of is the same but he'll play it a different way mm -hmm. not accidentally intentionally so mm -hmm. all these Elliot Smith songs are just guy with a guitar mm -hmm. there's no like rock orchestration you know there's no like there's yeah, every once in a while you get some drums yeah, but maybe, that's not but the main event for sure it's not the main event some piano. I think guitar and piano were his first instruments. But he's kind of like Beck. I think he he can do a lot. Can do a lot, but almost never does more than guitar as the main act and everything else in support of that. Yeah, totally. I wonder if between us we'll have any songs that aren't a little bit melancholy. Are there any? Well, I got all right, my next song. You ready? Okay, I know what it is. I know what it is. Do you? Sort of. You're just going to press play and see if it is. <laughs> Did I get it? Is it Sweet Adeline? Yes. So Sweet Adeline is on my list, but down at number five. Oh. And it's the first, it's the first one on the album, okay. right? Like it's... But I love that guitar line. Yeah. So my yeah, my next pick is waltz number two. Partly because it's a waltz. It contains drums. I think probably you like that also. <laughs> I do. But I love how it leads with the guitar melody here, and then the vocal follows the same melody. And then the piano echoes it. It's great. There's something Beatles-esque yeah. in Elliot Smith's songwriting. I don't want to say Beatles-esque because that sounds like derivative, but it's there's definitely some Beatle thing happening here, right? First the mic, then a half that I had not thought of that and had not put it together and I like it so what can I tell you about this song all of the things Billy I guess he played this on Saturday Night Live did he so there's a fun fact for you I wonder what year that happened and whether or not 
the producers of Saturday Night Live were worried that he would be able to perform it all. It was 1998, and I, I think I must have seen him in like, well, later. He died in 2003. Homicide or suicide? I'm going to go with suicide. I mean, the, the shoe fits. The shoe fits. It's the, I'm gonna go with the Occam's razor scenario. It's a very depressed guy with a lot of substance abuse issues who often wrote about suicide. And talked about it, and pretty much everybody who knew him was like, I'll be very surprised if he's alive, you know, in 12 months. Uh-huh. And even if it wasn't suicide, which, I mean, two stabs to the chest is kind of an odd suicide. But even if it weren't that, it was still his lifestyle was leading him there. Mm-hmm. Never gonna know you now, but I'm gonna love you anyhow. He does a lot of um, doubling his voice mm-hmm. in unison, especially. That's a classic Beatles move, right? Yeah. Describe for the besties what doubling a vocal does. I'll tell you what I think it does and you tell me if I'm right. I think it like fills in sort of like the errors in your sound wave so it just sounds better. Like it's yeah. like uh, it's like re- it's like if you like drew with a pencil and then drew over the same line and you get a darker line, a darker line that's maybe straighter if you want it to be, or does mm-hmm. more of what you want to do. I think that's a really interesting way of of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this very question earlier tonight when I was listening to some Elliot Smith, and he was doubling his voice and doing some vibrato. And you know mm-hmm. what's great about vibrato is that it kind of goes up and down and up and down around the note the, the mm. pitch that you're trying to sing and so and the effect is that it sounds like you're right exactly on the note when that's interesting um, it would be impossible to actually like not impossible some people that woman Rachel Price does it really well the one from um, Lake Street Dive Lake Street Dive you know she hits a note and she just is on the note she's not wavering you know she's yeah. just on it that's really yeah. hard to do and so when you get people doing a lot of vibrato hold on yeah Note the time on the track, because I want to come back and talk about this part of the song. But go on, share what you're saying about vibrato. When you get people doing a lot of vibrato, that fancy-sounding operatic stuff, it's because they can't hit the note. It's actually a crutch. That's interesting. I did not know that. And if you double the voice, it has the same kind of thing. Like, the one that's maybe a little flat here is mm-hmm. is straightened out a little bit in the, in the other performance. But when you're doing mm-hmm. a little bit of vibrato in both voices... Mm. I don't know what that does because I was trying to I was trying to imagine <laughs> yeah like weird nodal it's really interesting and and apart from all that when the note isn't vibratoed and you're doubling it it does give you that chorusing effect that you've talked about sometimes I've never thought of myself as someone who could sing well and I did do a little bit of vocal stuff when I was like messing around during the pandemic with recording things 
And uh, I will tell you that doubling the vocal, it immediately sounded a lot better. Not a little better, <laughs> but like a lot better. <laughs> I was like, oh, new trick. All right. So can you just go to where we were at the end of that song, like 415 or 412? Yeah. Check out the descending, like, yeah, there's always been this descending thing, but check out the, how the descending thing goes to the string arrangement coming here. Here. I'm never gonna know you now, but I don't love you anyhow. That's really cool, and I'm not 100% sure what it is. Do you know? I have no idea. Sounds like strings, right? I think it sounds like strings too. I think it's like he does a lot of that descending bassline business in the guitar, and he had the idea let's do that with a string arrangement and figured out how to get a producer to get string people to do it. Like, that's what it sounds like to or me. It could be a slide, like a slide guitar thing, but it just sounds stringy. Let's hear it again real quick. I got to hear that again. And this sounds stringy too. Yeah, there are strings here. Yeah, I think it must be strings. It's amazing sound. I love that. I love that. I thought I'm so glad you like that. That's a cool way for that that piece to end. What's interesting about this is that you started off by saying it's got a sort of Beatles vibe to it, and this um, string glissando that's a little bit accidental is. I was re-listening to our Sergeant Pepper's episode a while back. Totally and we talked about that during yeah. the episode. It's very Sergeant Pepper's ending, you know. So anyway, that's good times. Come on, Walsh, and hit me with another pick. All right. Well, I got to do it because you haven't done it so far. And if you didn't, then I would be very upset. I've got to <laughs> play a needle in the hay. Great song. If you only ever knew one Elliott Smith song, it would have to be this one. And you would have mm. had everything you need. Well, maybe not everything everybody needs, but <laughs> it encapsulates everything. I love the, the way the guitar goes up here. He changes the voicing. It's all downstrokes, even though it's double the speed. Like a, a normal guitarist playing here would go down, up, down, up, down, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going down, 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 down. Hand on his arm, he stacked around your neck. And it's fast and makes it sound and feel frenetic. Totally. And you can totally feel the desperation. Urgency, yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is a reference to the works? It's a heroin song. Yeah. No question. Yeah. I mean, you ought to be proud that I'm getting good marks. That is heroin. Yeah. And it's just yeah. so... Yeah. You know what? Like, it was... Um, had a big impact when I was younger, but I don't know. Being a parent changes everything, Billy. Mm. You ought to be proud that I'm getting good marks in this context just is devastating to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think devastating is a good word for a lot of his lyrics. We haven't really paid too much attention to them, 
but like when you listen to them you'll and you know what happens in his life you can't help but be reflective of it so i almost feel like it's an inappropriate artist to cover on their very best <laughs> like right i mean we're a little too jokey maybe for this subject matter right a little bit yeah i mean yeah. it's not the first time that <laughs> you and i have been sort of talking <laughs> and laughing over a song that's like the most depressing thing you've ever heard right i love this transition in style here he'll start playing with more strums than just sort of clawing at the strings. Mm. You got a little taste of it there and you'll get back to it later. There's like a weird hopefulness in some of the melodies and harmonies. That's the counterpoint to the, do you, do you hear what I mean? I guess I, maybe not. I'm going to say yes, because you know, I'm, you know, a good improviser. Yes. And <laughs> no. But yes, <laughs> you don't hear it. You don't hear it. I, I trust you on it. I, I, ha I hadn't noted it. There's a lightness to some of the melody and the harmony. That part you were just talking about, there's like, I don't know, the pitch comes up or it's higher. Or I don't know if it's major. I don't know what's going on, but it's like uplifting. Taking the cure so I can be quiet wherever I want. So leave me alone. You ought to be proud that I'm getting yeah good marks mm -hmm. i wonder if it's the fact that it's just a guitar it's really just a guitar i guess two guitars right we can talk about the fact that it's in one of my favorite movies of all time royal tenenbaums <laughs> He was supposed to do a version of Hey Jude that's in that same movie, and it's in the, um, I call it Wes Anderson's bento box scene, where it's like he shows you little <laughs> segments of like the submarine or the house or whatever, mm -hmm. where they're, he's showing you everything that's going on in, in the little world that he's constructed, and he goes from scene to scene to scene. Mm. And Royal Tenenbaums, it's a version of Hey Jude, which was supposed to be his version of Hey Jude. I wonder how or what that would have sounded like. It would have put a mm -hmm. whole different vibe maybe on mm -hmm. the on the movie. Wow. Maybe there's a reason he couldn't do it. Maybe. Billy. Are you ready? I mean, if your top three didn't have needle in the hay in it, then you're false. And, <laughs> and I don't know what to do there's with you. A, I believe there are a lot of good Elliot Smith songs. This is not an easy artist to cover. Right. So my final song yeah. is Baby Britain. Again, off of XO. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know? Back to the Beatles. Yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> that. Sings the ocean falling rise. Counts the waves that somehow didn't hit her. I almost feel like, is it based on a specific Beatles song? Like, are you, can you tell? <laughs> Listen to this. For someone half as smart, you'd be a work of all. Sounds very 70s. I mean, it's almost like pet sounds. It's almost like Beach Boys. Interesting. So you're calling this his very best. It's beautiful. I love this one. The dead soldiers lined up on the table. 
You know, Billy, I wondered whether or not we'd have anything that was a little upbeat. Mm. This does not sound depressing. And I guess we should look at the lyrics before we declare it. If you listen to the lyrics, it's kind of like, uh, for someone half as smart, you'd be a work of art. To me, it sounds like a scornful thing to say about a relationship that didn't work out. For someone half as smart, you'd be a work of art. You put yourself up can't help you until you start You gotta look in your eye When you're saying goodbye Like you wanna say I <laughs> Good. That's my analysis. That's great. I kind of wish 51% of Elliot Smith's music were this. Mm. Mm -hmm. And maybe he'd still be with us instead of mm. having it be well, more than 50% be needle in the hay. Turned over, and now it's ready once again. The radio was playing Crimson and Clover. Yeah, good pick, dude. I'm glad you like it. Oh, listen to that crazy melodium thing happening. And hear that? Is that Melodium? I'm just making that up. I don't know I what don't it is. Know. It, uh, <laughs> I didn't hear anything to contradict it. So, yeah, maybe. Let's say yes. I mean, these these very besties, they trust us. We can just say it. Personnel, according to my research, is it's an organ. <laughs> Someone half as smart You'd be a work of all it's a great pick and I don't know it real well and I'm glad that you picked it I'm glad you enjoyed and it and I'm glad you didn't pick Needle in the Hay because that's cliche and pedestrian for uh, <laughs> Agree. Smith, uh, Right. so wait are we, are we at the point where I, I say what I think the very best? I'm pretty sure you just did declare their very best with, by, by making that pick yeah. However, oh, did we get any any messages from some friends for this episode, Waldron? So here is a um, Elliot Smith pick that came to the call for help from previous guest host August Faulkner, my son. This is August blessing his favorite Elliot Smith song for their very best. My favorite is Miss Misery because it's in one of my favorite movies that features a lot of Elliot Smith songs, Goodwill Hunting. Miss Misery is my pick. Thanks, guys. Great. Great pick, August. Thank you so much for the message. Great minds. I love and it. And I'm so glad that I selected it. That is an apple tree mm -hmm. not far moment. <laughs> okay. Who is Patrick? Patrick is my friend from California. We were in bands together and he helped me get into playing drums and he was my roommate and he's a great old friend and I'm so glad that we heard from him today. Hey Waldron and Billy this is Patrick from Florence Mass. I just wanted to give a shout out in your Elliot Smith episode for uh, two songs both of them from the Basement on the Hill album uh, from 2004. Uh, the first one is Let's Get Lost. Um, I just really think his finger picking 
that follows his voice is, is pretty special. Farewell is another great song on that album. I don't know that it's autobiographical, but you can't help but feel that way when you listen to it. And uh, I just think his lyrics in that song are, are phenomenal. And if you don't catch him the first time around, I would pull him up on Spotify or whatnot as you listen along. And it's really something. So uh, that album, uh, Based on the Hill, I don't know how popular it is but man there's some real gems on there so give it a listen thanks Blind, blinds, now black and white you took apart a picture that wasn't right so billy yeah is it decided i i'm gonna declare xo as his very best album and uh best song i'm going back to baby britain that's the one that's the one that I don't know how to say this, but I feel like just because his life ended tragically doesn't mean like it has to be a sad song that we pick as his best one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's me being like not willing to face the music, so to speak. I'm not sure. Well, I endorse the pick and I've got to encourage people to get in touch with Instagram and Facebook or by email. I used contact at their very best to register my predictions, which by the way, um, Waltz number two was on my list and the other two yeah we never got back to that what were the other two Sweet Adeline mm-hmm. Needle in the Hay and Waltz number two were my mm-hmm. picks. I mean that's pretty good that's pretty close yeah but anyway these days instead of like s- sending people to like Instagram Facebook and, ev- and email and all the rest I just want them to go to the website mm-hmm. theirverybest.com and you'll see all the episodes including the Elliot Smith episode and you can do all the things you can check out my guitarist Hall of Fame. When's the drummer's Hall of Fame coming, Billy? Oh, it's in development. Okay. It's an ideation phase. <laughs> ideation. Cool. <laughs> it's uh, sometime in like Q1 2024. Oh, we should start okay. seeing some movement on that. It's not in the front burner. After the next <laughs> Beatles episode, then. Perhaps. I wonder where Ringo will place if you do it well, after well, rather than before. Oh, my God. So I'll, I'm on it. Okay. Watching. what's another good reason to go to the website? I wonder. I'll tell you. Thank you for asking. Uh, you can check out the playlists from every episode. And there's a master playlist which has the best song for the past 50 whatever episodes we've got. So that's a massive playlist. That's pretty cool. Playlists are great. Yeah. And, and worth it. Who doesn't love playlists? I want to thank everybody who's left us reviews. Um, We've gotten some new, fresh reviews recently. It's so gratifying when someone leaves us a review. Five stars only. And we thank you. We thank you for those who have. And um, encourage you to leave us a review if you haven't. It helps the algorithm know that this podcast is good and more people will hear it. So thanks for doing that. Thanks to our, our special voicemail guests today, too. Yeah. August and Patrick. It's good. The call for call for help is working. I love the call for help. So, Waljan. Yeah? Should we do more of these? Let's do more episodes. 
We're gonna do more of these, so beware. Watch out. We'll be offering more unsolicited wrong opinions in the near future. I'm Bill. And I'm Waldron. And thanks for listening to Their Very Best.